Praise God, dear brothers and dear sisters, everyone here, um, it is a good thing that you came to youth service today, um, and it is the first time that I'm wearing a coat in three months, but it's gone cold for some reason, back at it again, so, uh, Hebrews uh, chapter 11, Hebrews chapter 11, I want to talk about uh, us having a personal, personal relationship with God, and before you... Um, just unplug, hear me out, okay, hear me out. I'm going to try coming in it from this way. Why, and this is an actual question, so answer me um, as, as you know best. Why do you go to school? To learn. That is the correct answer. But we don't say, what we don't, that is the correct answer. What we don't say is, I go to school to get good grades, right? Or I go to school because I play sports. Although grades and playing sports in school are important things. They're important parts of school. And the way you learn um, is by getting good grades. Why do we have jobs? And just follow me through on this um, logic. Why do we work? Here, here, here I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you and you tell me right or wrong. Do you, do you go to work because of the... Um, the retirement benefits that that job provides you. Is that a good perk to your job? Is that a good thing to have? And will your decision in choosing the job be like, okay, what's the retirement? I mean, we're like, we're not even 20, you know what I mean? So like, we're probably not thinking retirement, but that's just the way like you're taught to think, you know, it's like, think about retirement. When you're choosing a job, you will look at, like, what's the retirement plan or what's this, you know, what's the benefits for my teeth or for my health. Those are all important things. But the main thing you're going to be looking at is, you know, is this something that I want to do and how much do they pay me, right? The main thing of a job is you do a, a service and you get paid money, right, because you need to dress up before you retire, before you retire, you need to eat something, you need to live somewhere. So there's more important things. There's like the, basically there's the most important thing. And then there's all the other things that come with that thing, right? There's the most important thing in working, it's money. And then everything else that comes with it. By the way, working, money, you know, maybe some people call it, would say, you know, it has to be what you want to do. You have to really like it. Maybe, I'm not arguing there. I'm just saying there's the more, more important thing and there's the things that kind of follow after. Now, having that in mind, okay, let's read Hebrews 11.1. 1. Faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. Faith gives us assurance about things we cannot see. And you're probably like, man, Andre's back at it again about faith, like, you know, I'm not trying to be like, I'm just trying to talk with, like, just, just have a discussion here. I'm not trying to, like, you know, uh, just read from the same place. But I just want to have a discussion. I want us to just talk about this. What is the purpose of our faith? So we talked about the purpose of your job and the purpose of schooling. The purpose of schooling is not just to get a good grade. That's good. That's important. But it's to learn, right, to, to be able to get a job. The purpose for a job is not just to get, have a retirement fund. It's most importantly, primarily, to get cash. So what is the purpose of faith? Because faith is one of those things that is just like such an abstract thought. Anyone, any takers? What is the purpose of faith in your life, personally? Personal, personally, 
personal. <laughs> no, seriously, like what is what what does faith do in your life? Yeah. Let me reward this. Just think about this. You because I'm I'm still trying to come up with a framework about faith, but think about this. Who is your faith directed towards? God, right? So not like certain things that happen in your life because we're like, well, pray about this, have faith, and it'll happen. No, no, that's true. Like you can pray about things. That's what the Bible says, and and stuff will happen. People will get healed. You know, you you that's biblical. But the primary purpose of faith is not even to get something from God. It is literally to get God. It is to understand God. It is to get to know God. And faith is the only means. Just hear me out, please. Faith is the only way that you and God will get together and get along. That is, the only, that is your only hope. That is my only chance of ever having a relationship with God. It is by faith. And if you or I don't have faith, then we have no way of coming to God in a way that he will accept me. There's no way. You cannot do any single thing in, in your life for God, for the church, for someone. You can die, literally die doing a good thing and God and without faith. And God will be like, I'm sorry, I never knew you. Because the only way that you can know God and God can know you is by your faith in God. So faith really is a miraculous thing that God gives people that this ability to communicate with him, to believe in someone who you've never seen. I've never seen God. You've never seen God. But faith allows you to believe in him, to reach out towards him, to constantly pursue him, to, to, to think about him. You know, when things go wrong, to turn back to him. So faith sees through circumstance. It is the belief in God, and it reaches towards God. Verse 2. Listen. Through their faith, the people in the days of old earned a good reputation. So through their faith, all these heroes of faith that we read about in the Bible, they earned a good reputation, or let me translate that in our language, they pleased God. You know, we, we talk about how do you get to please God? How do you get, you know, to live a life that God's like, hey, I actually like what you're doing. It is literally faith. That is the answer. You have to have faith in God, meaning you have to have a personal communion with God. Because here's, here's the interesting point. Faith is almost never, and in my sense, faith is not communal. You don't do faith together, meaning um, having a walk with God. Having a, let me just put, say this real quick, and then we can move on not to go back to this. When we talk about church, cell groups, youth, all these other things, these are very important to our faith and to our walk with God. Because we as creatures, like humans, we need, uh, you know, to socialize, to talk about the things that we're trying to think about, you know, to have other people support us, to support other people. That's the way we grow best. That's the way to, to grow, you know, come to God fastest. So all of that is good. What I'm saying here, though, is that your faith bef before God is your personal faith. And it's not, you know, my faith. My faith won't necessarily help you directly. It can help you indirectly by me preaching and you being like, well, Andre's faith with God and his communion with God is, you know, he, he's bringing this point up. That I might take that into my life and that might help my faith. In that way, yeah, 
My faith is helping your faith, but not in the sense that my faith is saving you. Or my relationship with God is your relationship with God, or vice versa. You might have a powerful relationship with God, and I might be sitting right next to you, and I might be just an absolute wreck when it comes to believing in God, because I don't have faith in God. And it's not your faith that won't wear off on me. Verse 2 says exactly how you please God, exactly, exactly what God wants from you. He says, have faith. And let, we'll talk about what is faith. I'm just, I just want to bring a little backup. Let's look at the first example of faith that we read, uh, that we'll read in 11, uh, Hebrews chapter 11. Abel, it was by faith, verse 4, that Abel brought a more acceptable offering to God than Cain did. Now, we already talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Abel, Abel's offering gave evidence that he was a righteous man, and God showed his approval of his gifts. Although Abel is long dead, he still speaks to us by his example of faith. Do you notice what, we talked about this before, what did Abel please God with? His sacrifice? What did, what did Abel please God with his sacrifice? Abel and Cain, two brothers, bring two sacrifices, both equally good, I think, but one of them is accepted by God, the other isn't. What's the difference? It's, it's literally faith. That's what it says. By faith. Abel offered to God a better sacrifice than Cain did. So if you're sitting here today and you're like, why is his relationship with God? Why is her relationship with God growing and not mine? It is because of the lack of faith. And listen to me. It's not in the sense that you think. It's not like, oh, you're just not fasting enough. You're not praying enough. That, that is, those are important things, but that's not the point here. The point here is your walk with God. If, if we look at the difference between Abel and Cain, Cain literally killed Abel for this. Because he was like, he just didn't get this. It was, the, the difference was faith. Abel came to God in faith. And God, through Abel's faith, accepted his sacrifice. Cain came to God with, without faith. And when you come to God without faith, you are literally coming to God in sin. The, and we'll talk about this later. But the only way to come to God, the Bible literally says this. The only way to come to God is through faith. And if you are feeling that your heart is being drawn to God today, if you're like, man, this is something that I've never thought about before. Listen, that's God allowing faith to birth in you. That's God like working on your soul and allowing you to have some kind of connection. Don't push that aside. Don't push that away because that is the only way that you can please God, that you can have a relationship with God. It is by faith. Let's move on. Enoch, verse 5 and 6. It was by faith that Enoch was taken up to heaven without dying. He disappeared because God took him. For because before he was taken up, he was known as a person who pleased God. Listen to this. Enoch was taken up to heaven. Literally, the dude didn't die. He went from earth to heaven, most theologians believe, without dying. Only a few people did that in, in the Bible. Like two, literally. Enoch was one of them. Not counting Jesus. And do you, you know what's interesting? When we think about faith, we think about doing some big um, feat for God, right? We think about like, hey, if, like the moment I say faith, you're right away thinking, you know, being a missionary in Africa. Or like, you know, just, I don't know, like fasting for, t for, for two weeks, uh, you know, just straight. Or just reading the Bible five times in a year. Just something just ginormous. And... 
I think because that's the way we think about God, our relationship with God and faith, we're missing the mark. Because faith is a lot more closer to you than what you, we, what you actually think it is. Faith is literally right next to you. This is what faith is. Faith is walking with God like Enoch did. Notice that Enoch wasn't promised a single thing by God. Did you notice that? By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he would not see death. We'll read about other people that were promised something. God told them, hey, Abraham, you come out of this land. I'll give you this new land. Do you trust me? He's like, I trust you. And he goes. Enoch, and that's what it taught. You know, there's a little snippet about him in the Old Testament. Same exact thing. It just says that Enoch walked with God. He just had faith in God. He simply believed in God. He woke up in the morning and he talked with God. He spent his day, you know, he'd get mad. He would come to God and he'd say, God, I'm sorry. I got mad again, you know, help me. And in the evening, he's tired, and he's like, God, I'm tired. He's just, you know, sharing his feelings with him. And, and, and he, but he's like, I still want to spend some time with you. So he makes a cup of coffee, he walks outside, and he spends 15 minutes with God. And it's like, coffee in the evening, you're a crazy man. No, the, the dude's just having a relationship with God. That's what you would do with your friend. That's what you would do with your date. You would go out of your way. You would sleep less. You would, you would do things for them that you wouldn't normally do. You would separate time for them. And so that's what he did. He just walked with God. He just lived, you know. He had his business. He had his kids. He had his family. He went to, you know, to, to the Bahamas. He, he, like, did stuff. He lived life. But the dude had faith. And he pleased God so incredibly much that God at one point was like, bro, I'm taking you with me. He didn't even do anything for him. And God said, I am taking you with me. Can you imagine how pleasing faith is to God? How much God loves faith. And by faith, I mean just having a personal walk with God. Let's move forward. Abraham, verse 8 through 10. It was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home and go to another land that God would give him as his inheritance. He went without knowing where he was going. I'll just read all of it. And even when he reached the land God had promised him, he lived there by faith, for he was like a foreigner living in tents. And so did Isaac and Jacob, who inherited the same promise. Abraham was confidently looking forward to a city with eternal foundations, a city designed and built by God. Okay, so at first glance, you're like, this is easy. Abraham is going to a different land, and he believes God because God promises him a better land. You know, God's like, if you leave your half an acre here, I'm going to give you 3,000 acres there of good land, okay? He's like, that's a good deal, you know what I mean? I'll, I'll make the trip. So that, that's what we're, you know, at least that's the way my brain works. It's like, okay, Abraham's just getting a good deal, so of course he trusts God. He, he makes this huge journey. But here's the funny thing. Notice, God didn't promise Abraham a specific land. He didn't tell him how much. He didn't even tell him exactly where. He just said, I'll show you the land that I'm going to give you. That's, if we could get verse, uh, verse like 8, I think. Uh, verse 8. He went without knowing where he was going. So when, you, when you're thinking about faith, you, right away we have to lay that aside, that Abraham's not believing God because God's going to bless him with something. He's not following after God because God's going to give him something more than if he didn't follow God. That's not Abraham's, you know, game right here. Abraham, again, 
is having a relationship with God. He is walking with God. He believes God. And he, it's as if he um, is able to look at God and all these other things are able to fade away. And so he's like, I get the land. I don't get the land. It doesn't really matter. I have a relationship with God. That is why, look, Isaac and Jacob are living in the same land that God promised Abraham. And they're still, they still don't possess the land and they still believe. And Mike, here, here's a good question. What are they believing in? God promised them a land. They're living like in tents as strangers and foreigners. People are like filling up the wells that they, that they dig with, with dirt. They're having all kinds of problems, you know. Like they don't have land. They live in tents. They don't have a city. They don't have a home. And they left probably a home and a city and, you know, good wealth and, a, you know, a, a beautiful place for this. And they're living for generations like this. What is driving them? And I'll tell you what's driving them. It's faith. Faith in God. Because faith in God doesn't go after what God gives them. They're not about what, what, who gives me the better deal. Is it God? Is it Baal? Is it someone else? Whoever gives me the better deal, that's who I'll follow. That's not what they're doing. They have a, a personal relationship with God, every one of them. And they're able to follow God without wavering. Uh, verse 10, it says, Abraham was confidently looking forward to a city with eternal foundations, a city designed and built by God. What does that even mean? Abraham's not even thinking about earthly things. Abraham is looking for a city which has foundations. Okay, that could be an earthly city. Whose architect and builder is God. That's not an earthly city. That is literally heaven. And my belief, I might be wrong, Abraham saw a part of heaven or a part of, of God's kingdom or a part of God, and he was just drawn to God. That's it. He just had a, a walk with God, a relationship with God, and everything else just faded away. It was like the benefit of, of having a job and getting paid, like the benefit of a job is, you know, having dental care and you don't have any problems with your teeth. That was Abraham with God. His main thing with God was his relationship with God. If he gets the land, great. If he doesn't get the land, he doesn't get the land. I'm not saying he didn't have emotions. I'm not saying he was worried. There was a time when Abraham was like, God, you promised me a son. You know, where is this son going to, you know, how is this going to happen? Because you promised me people that are going to come from this son, but the son hasn't been born yet. Uh, but even then, uh, Abraham trusted God. Verse 13 and 16, let's continue. All these people died still believing what God had promised them. All these people died still believing what God had promised them. They did not receive what was promised. They did not receive what was promised, but they saw it all from a distance and they welcomed it. They agreed that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. What weird language. Are you guys catching this? They're calling themselves strangers and foreigners on, on, on the earth. It's like, bro, no, you were promised a land. You're going to be a king. You're going to be an empire, a nation. No, they're like, we're strangers we're, we're foreigners here on earth because their thoughts are about God. Obviously, people who say such thing are looking forward to a country they can call their own. Okay, yeah, they're looking forward to a country. An earthly country? No, a heavenly country. God's country, God's kingdom. If they had longed for the country they came from, they, co they could have gone back. What it says here literally is after, I don't know, 10, 20 50 years of living in the land that God promised to give you and not receiving that land and being like, this is a bad deal. We, we left better land, better riches, and now we're living here. 
the Bible says they could have returned. If they had been thinking on physical terms, I do this for God, God does this for me. I prayed here for God, God blesses me here. I, I fast two days here, God gives me that. This, it's like a perfect setup, you know? I'm like using God for my life. It's like surfing, you know? I'm just doing everything, just balancing. A little here, a little there, and, and that way my life is smooth, you know? God give me here, God give me there. That's not what they're doing. Because it says they're going after a, a totally different kingdom, a totally different land. They're, they have their eyes set on God. They were looking for a better place, a heavenly homeland. They could have returned home. If, they had, if their thoughts were about some, you know, a physical blessing, they could have returned home. But they didn't because their thoughts were on God. Notice that although... They never were really seeking riches. Jacob prays once. He goes, God, if you bless me with food and clothes, I'm going to give you a, a tithe of everything I own, and you are going to be my God. Food and clothes, that's all he asked for. And you know, God blessed him a lot. God blessed Isaac and Abraham a lot. Like, the, the guys were rich. Abraham had an army, an army that, of people that were born in his home alone. That's how much servants he had. Isaac, he said he had two companies or two camps or you could say two villages. If you read the number of camels and donkeys that he, he sent as gifts, the guys were rich. But that's the thing. They were able to be rich. Listen to me, guys, because they weren't seeking rich. They weren't seeking money. They weren't seeking, you know, like, I just need this from God. Because that is not the point of your life, man. Girls, that's not the point of our life, right? The point of our life is something better, is something more heavenly. And this is, this is where I want to bring Moses. Verse 27 says, look at this. I'm going to be finishing here soon. It was by faith that Moses left the land of Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He kept right on going because he kept his eyes on the one who is invisible. This is faith. He kept right on going because he kept his eyes on the one who is invisible. He had his eyes set on God, his relationship with God, his walk with God, and everything else was like a, a weird dream to him in a sense. Like it was really real. I'm, that's not what I'm saying. I'm not trying to minimize you know, the hardships he went through. But everything else really was like a dream to him because his eyes were glued to God. And that is why when you read the story, he just walks over Pharaoh. Pharaoh comes up to Pharaoh time and time again. And the dude, yes, he has his own, you know, worries. And, but his, his eyes are set on God. They're glued on something that are, is able to make him a hero of faith. They're glued on God. And he just, he waltzes out of Egypt with all the Israelites and God just like totally guarding him from all the, him and, and his nation from all the side. And it's like, wow, Moses is just so courageous. Moses is so strong. No, Moses is actually very, you know, not courageous. If you read the, his calling, you know, Moses is actually not super strong. Moses just has his eyes glued on God and he's just mo moving towards God. That's it. He's moving in the direction God told him. God's like, hey, come over here. And he's, he's walking towards God. And, and stuff is happening. The Egyptian, the, the, you know, Pharaoh's army that is like unbeatable or one of the biggest armies at that time, destroyed. 
um, uh, the, the, the economy of Egypt, which is like one of the largest, if not the largest empire of that time, destroyed. And Moses is like doing all this from the side. But really, it's, it's, he, he's not even like giving meaning to it. You know, people would have like, you know, praised him and said, wow, Moses, you're, he's, he's, he has his eyes glued on God. And yeah, this stuff is happening. Yeah, he becomes a hero of faith. But the thing that allows him to do this and... Uh, which makes him understand that these things are actually not the, the important things, these miracles that he's able to perform and God is able to perform through him is his faith in God. He's walking with God. He has a relationship with God. If you read how he talked with God on the mountain, how he received the commandments of God, man, that he had a relationship with God. And that's, that's my call today to you. Do you have a relationship with God? And if you do, how is it doing? Is it a kind of an exchange relationship? God, you bless me in my job. God, you give me a good grade. God, you give me this person, and I'm going to serve you. How is, seriously, because that is not faith. Faith does not say, God, I want this, and, and if you give me this, I'll give you a Faith stretches out towards God. And I think that as we, as, as, you know, as, as young people, I believe it is normal for faith to start in that place of like, God, I need this, God, I need that. Uh, I think it's natural for, that, for it to start there, but it has to go into something deeper, and that is the relationship with God, and that is seeking God for God. God is not interested in what you can do for him or in your life. That's, that's not going to impress him at all. I promise you, the dude created universes with a word. You think doing something for him is going to impress him? You think my sermon is going to impress him? Or like me, like tithing or doing, like is the dude, the, there was one poem is like, sparks were flying from God on the day of creation, and those were suns that were just created, you know, that were just flying from him. These huge things that are 10 thousand times the size of our earth we don't impress him he actually doesn't even need us if you think about it but he wants us can you imagine i don't get that to this day i don't understand why does god want us why does god care for us why does god stretch out his hand of grace which is faith like hey here's faith have a relationship with me i'm gonna give you the ability to believe in something you don't see not only believe, you're going to be sure of it. And you can have as much as you want of it. You can have as much as you want of me, but I want you to just seek me in the way that God is calling you to seek him. To some of you, it's going to be, you know, it, and it, there's going to be seasons, but it's going to be through music. To others, it's going to be through the word of God, through prayer. To others, it's going to be straight up sermons, maybe even highly theological sermons. And you'll find yourself just listening and just being in awe of God's power and glory and beauty. But whatever it is, wherever God is tugging you, go that way. It's going to take your time. It's going to take, you know, some of the your finances that, that you have. But go that way because it's worth it. And you know why it's worth it? Because it's literally the reason why you're here on earth. The reason you're here on earth is not to make more money. All of, like, I'm not against any of that, but that's not the reason. We agree. It's not to have the best car. It is to have a relationship with God, to please him. And the only way to please him is to have faith. Because he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is the rewarder of those who seek him. That's what Hebrews chapter 11 says. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. 
For he who comes to God must what? Must believe. So you literally can't come to God without believing. And if God is giving you the grace to begin believing in him today, or if God is strengthening that grace, and you have just more desire to seek after God, and from my understanding, belief, in a sense, is just like this desire for God. In, in some weird abstract way, just a desire to know a little bit more about God. It's like, okay, this is actually real. There's something here. I want more of this. Go after that. Don't, don't, let, don't let your friends or some other thing, you know, just wipe that to the side, and then you'll forget about it. Have friends, go play volleyball, go to camps, go to school, all of that. That's normal. But when God tugs on your heart, when God stretches out that ladder of grace called faith into your life, go for it. Seek the holy, seek God, and you will please him. Let's stand. And in this time of prayer, we're going to be asking for God's grace. Let's ask that God... Um, draws us near to himself in the best of senses. Draws us near to himself by his grace. Pray that. Ask, say, Lord, draw me to yourself by your love. By, by your bonds of love, draw me to yourself. And when you do that, allow me to respond to your love, to your grace. When you begin to work in my life and create faith, allow me not to just put it to the side and say, man, that's just weird. Like reading the Bible or doing stuff like that, just weird. No, no, no. Allow God to do that in your life because there's nothing more important in your life that can happen than God birthing or strengthening faith in you, faith in him in your life. There's nothing better than that. Like don't even think about salvation is just one of the benefits. Imagine spending eternity with God. Eternity with his beauty, with his glory, with his majesty, with all his wisdom, and just always, always having revelations. Minute after minute, greater and greater revelations in heaven about his wonder and his power. And falling together with the angels, the elders, and worshiping him, not like robots, but like, wow, another revelation, another insight of God's beauty and God's power. And you worship him again, and you worship him again. For eternity. It's bliss, bro. It's bliss. It's the best thing you can have. But if you want it, you're not, you're gonna have to come to God, not like a vending machine. I'm sorry. Not like I give you this, you give me that, but come to God and say, Lord, I want a relationship with you personally. My parents had it, my grandparents have it. I want to have it personally. Paul says to Timothy, I hope or I believe that the faith that was in your grandmother and your mother is in you, meaning it has to be personal. It was his grandmother's, it was his mother's, and then at some point it had to become his. That is the only way that you go through life, literally. Like we're not even going to talk about going through hardships or just being courageous or, or doing mighty things for God. All of that comes with faith. All of that comes with faith because faith makes you a different person. But the most important thing, faith allows you to know God. And there's nothing more beautiful than that. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you.